Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for another week, and this week is nothing but absolute carnage. There is injuries everywhere. So many teams ahead of round 20 this week are struggling to field 17. I've seen several people say they've only got 16 that they can field and they've got no trades left after that. It's There's some crazy stats out there. So it is a crazy, crazy round, and no one is better to get in on a crazy, crazy round, then Billy Marion back on board. So, Billy, welcome back to the podcast, mate. Been a couple of weeks. We've had some head-to-heads in those couple of weeks. You've won, I've won. It's been a little bit of a split decision, but how is your team looking for this week? Um, I think I've got one out of seven center three quarters, mate, so not too bad. We've got one left. <laughs> well, that's better than the zero people. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got two, but I'm just waiting until Hines is benched and then becoming one. Feel like you know seven green bottles sitting on the wall, and then there were none. <laughs> well, it's, it's been absolute carnage this week. It's a pretty tough. Uh, I, I found it a pretty tough couple of weeks already. Like I and you know because you smashed me two weeks ago in a head to head, and then I sort of righted the ship last week because I got my trades done. But it's it's been a bit of a hard couple of weeks where you've had to sort of take your medicine and stuff with, with some AEs and things like that, and some guys going down not knowing what to do and. Guys ruled out and not having enough trades to get rid of them for that week and things like that. Like, it, I found it really tough. And the problem is, too, that there's been... Like, this pass round is a good example. There's been some massive scores, too. So it was like, if you were unaffected or you made the right moves, you could have gone huge. Like, you could have gone 17, 1800, like never before. But if you didn't have those you know, those players or you thought that was a week that you're going to struggle and you're going to hold your trades, you could have scored like a 11-1200 and been absolutely killed in the rankings. It was, it's really, you know, the haves and haves nots. There's not really any middle ground anymore in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's the thing I was frustrated about, you know. I mean, I think um, it's the second time this year where I've had, you know, a 700 or 800k chooks right side winger only for them to go down with the season-ending injuries. So it's frustrating when you have depth and you set with your team and it's it's the 2% owned guys that go down that really, really kill you. So, oh, well, it's um, got a couple of trades left, but at least it uh, makes it a, a lot more interesting finish now. Yeah, I guess as well what I would say is there's a lot of people in the same boat. Like uh, Supercoach Playbook had a really interesting stat, and I hope they don't mind me saying it, but... No, it's in their article that's out there now anyway, where there was 26% of the top 1,000 teams that have got nine or more players unavailable this week prior to their trades. Uh, and that's that's incredible. Like, 20, you know, one in four teams in the top 1,000 have got nine of their 25-man squad not there, not available to play. Like, it's it's just insane. Yeah, I think, um, I, I know this sort of stats sort of came from Adam and, um, uh, quantum, but um, I'm sure that's that possibly, and I'm just assuming here, but I'm sure that's that included blokes that you know, um, that are already out. So, like, you know, like your Suarez and blokes that you're not going to play, but obviously included now, like people like Tuo and Johnson, um, the extra sort of three or four blokes on top of that. So, certainly does make it hard to field 17 when they're 25 minus nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's teams legitimately in the top 1000 that have zero trades, so there's 
like I said, there's teams that are going to play with 16 players this week. And it's also one of those things where it, even if you've got trades, one of the things that it does is it, it really stuffs with your plans because you're going to have teams that maybe have two trades left and they're going to have to burn a trade this week just to get their 17 players on someone who maybe they didn't want to burn before, like a centre wing, for instance. They're going to have to get one when they didn't really want to get one again, you know? Yeah, there's the flip side of that too. Um, like, uh, use my situation as an example. I was, I was really looking forward to getting rid of Gutherson this week and bringing in a, a, dec- a decent sort of, uh, or a, a better fullback with a, with, with a better draw. But given all the injuries and the fact that I've only got three trades left right now, um, considering just leaving him there and just going, going with the approach that I just need healthy bodies on the, on the park rather than trying to get an extra 15 points out of someone. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I think a lot of people are in that boat. And this is a really good segue straight into our strategy discussion. But before we do that, need to mention the fantastic partner of the All-Stars podcast. That is Top Sport, 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. Fantastic service, fantastic odds as well with some of the best in market, more often than not, especially on NRL, but also on other sports as well. Uh, make sure that if you are going to gamble, do it responsibly. But if you're going to open an account with a gambling agency, make sure that is Top Sport and use the promo code from this podcast, SC All Stars. They'll know that you're one of our listeners and they'll know that they need to take good care of you and make sure you, you know about all the NRL stuff that's out there and everything else as well. So Top Sport, get on them. Fantastic partner of the All Stars podcast. Love working with them and we'll throw some bets in there for the games a bit later on. For this podcast, me and Billy are going to continue this chat straight into a bit of a strategy discussion like we normally do on our trading uh, and what we're going to do with our final trades. And we're going to do a case study on my situation and what I'm going to do. We're also going to look at the round review like we normally do, focusing on pods, uh, options to sit, start, CVC and purchase options for each game. And we're going to do that for all the games in the round. And it should be a fantastic podcast. But... Strategy first of all, guys. Uh, so, Billy, when we're talking strategy, I think one of the big things at this point is I'm, I'm just going to get this out of the way first. You know, when when we're putting together this podcast plan, and I was putting together what we were going to talk about tonight, um, I we didn't have everybody out that's now confirmed out. So, just looking at some of the outs first, we've got James Fisher Harris, uh, Fanua Blake, Alex Johnston, Sean Johnson. Thompson tonight from the Bulldogs has just got three matches, so he's gone for three weeks. Murray's got a one-match suspension as well at the Rabbitohs. Hines, you know, he's starting, but, you know, is that going to be a switch with Paps, and then that makes him hard to play. Lodger's got his one-match suspension. Flegler's looking at a few matches as well, and Toto could be out for the rest of the season. There's a lot of guys in there that are heavily owned. Many, many teams have got one, two trades left. And for those teams, you know, we're going to talk about what do you do? Do you just go for broke and just use your two trades and hope that the last, you know, the the round 20 to 25 rounds of the season, you get lucky and you've got enough depth to cover it? Billy, you know, my initial thoughts on my team, I have two trades left and I was going to use both of them and go for broke. I was going to trade uh, Sean Johnson to Caelan Ponga via Adam Dewey and move him along in duels. And I was also going to trade Ben Dravojevic. He was going out for David Fafita because I made sure I had enough bank to be able to do that. And they were sweet upgrades. Burbo and Sean Johnson for Ponga and Fafita. I felt really good about that. And my squad, I'd made sure that I've kept a lot of depth in it. 
So I actually had 23 guys that are playable, including um, Matt Fagai at the Dragons, who you know is arguably playable, but he's been playing really well and he's a warm body in the centre wing. So 23 guys that are currently playing. So I felt pretty good that I was covered if somebody went down. My AEs are, are pretty decent. I get rid of the Burbo AE and then it's looking all right if Ryan James doesn't play. So I was leaning towards going for broke. Obviously now there's complete carnage. I'm now thinking that my strategy needs to be keep anybody at all that might come back if there's other guys to trade. So even though I've got, say, Toto, I'm still going to trade Burbo because if there's an off chance that Toto comes back even for the last round, then you're really going to want that that game because you might find yourself with 16 players. So even Sean Johnson, you know, I, I don't think it's wrong at all to trade these guys, Billy, but... If you've got other guys to trade like a Tohu Harris, trade Tohu Harris because there's no chance he's going to play, whereas at least Sean Johnson's going to play. So now I feel like it's survival of the fittest. Um, I'm going to get for feeder in this week, but I'm going to hold that other trade and take the hit at fullback just to see what happens the next couple of weeks and if I maybe need to use it. Do you think that's the right strategy, Billy? Do you think that we should now pull back from that whole, you know, go go great, great guns even if you've got the depth and use all your trades? Or... You know, where are you at on what are we going to do now? If we're in the top 100, I'd just burn them. Um, but exactly what you said, um, I only get rid of the guys that are 100% not playing anymore. Um, I'd be reluctant to bring in a bloke like Ponga if you've got bugger all trades left because he's obviously under an injury cloud. He may go down and then all of a sudden you're in the same boat again. If you're close enough to the lead and you need a pod, I'd, bugger, I'd, I'd just do it, go with him. But if you're, if you're a little bit sort of further away and, and you probably need a, a string a few wins together to get you over the lines, probably best to hold that trade up the sleeve because um, you're probably better off just having a warm body when not, when the people ahead of you are playing sort of 16 or 15. Um, that probably heavily offsets the little bit of advantage that Palmer probably gives you. Yeah, very true. And I mean, look, we've said it a number of times on this podcast. A lot of people have said it, but certainly me and you, Billy, have mentioned that one of the things with strategies, if you've got a strategy in place, the best strategy with every strategy is to make sure that you're fluid and dynamic with it. And what I mean is you have to be able to change when circumstances change. You know, my strategy was always for feeder and ponga um, and to burn all my trades, but I'm changing that strategy now because of what's happened. It's just going to be better for me to change. You've got to be flexible and be able to change your strategy on the go. Uh, and I think a lot of people should be changing, changing their strategy now. It might mean that you forego getting a second gun fullback in that you planned on. It might mean that Cleary comes back next week and you can't get him. But I think those are just the hits that you've got to take, right? Because, it, you know, you you don't want to end up with 16 players and no AE one, one or two weeks or being dead in the water in a few weeks and not even playing anymore. And that that could happen to some teams. Just remember, it's still it's quality over quantity. Um, how many times have you gone to plan for a buy round, had seven? players and lost all like with 14 or 15 players exactly the same scenario don't don't go hammer and tong just to try and get some 17 off the park whatever means you're going to get going to get something you don't want by all means go and bring in you know that one sort of player you want if it means you have to cash out to a bum i'd probably go to go to mid-rangers but um um uh but stretch as far as you can to get the blokes like david for feeder because yeah um, talking about strategy change, how good was he off the bench last week? <laughs> yeah, well, he's been named to start again, so whether he starts again, who knows? I didn't have him last week, obviously. 
I hope you go. I hope you go the bachelor bench. <laughs> <laughs> well, just on what you mentioned there, I, I'm going to say that pretty much nothing anyone's out the window at this point. Would you agree? You, you just can't afford to nuff anyone now. Yeah, um, that's why I mentioned two mid ranges. Go quality as you can, but I wouldn't be bothering with enough, mate. I think you need sort of as, as many warm bodies as you can, particularly for when a couple of players like the entire Northern Storm team get rested around 26. Yeah, that's the other thing. And I mean, it might mean that you have to take your lumps, and this is another part of the strategy. You know, I spoke about um, two weeks ago when you smashed me in one one of our head-to-heads that um, I I ended up playing Ryan James just because I thought I was just going to have to take the hit for that week because I knew I'd be better the next week. Uh, And there's going to be people that are in that boat now. Like, if if I've got 17 players and Cam Murray's one of them and he just got suspended and I'm down to 16... If it's a quality 16, I would almost, if I've got one or two trades left, just take it, take the hit this week, knowing that Cam Murray's going to be back next week, and you're going to be fine then, rather than trading someone now that you're going to regret, or maybe he's going to burn a trade that maybe you need to use down the track because somebody's out three weeks. You know, like it's that's the type of hit that you might have to take either this week or next. Yeah, Murray's finally come good too. You don't want to get rid of him now. Him and Cook finally blending. Oh, look, it was, it was never in doubt, mate, for us Cook owners. I benched Cook on the weekend, by the way, first game in... Uh, I think I benched him twice this year, and that was the, that was the first one in two months I benched him, so well, well done, Barnsley. Did well. What, what did you just say, idiot? <laughs> <laughs> never, never in doubt. Far out. You know, it was funny, too, because I was chatting to a heap of guys, the regular chatting group, um, including Luke, who will be on the podcast next week, and... I said, what do you reckon, boys, out of these guys? And they're like, you know, who do I bench? Because I've got like 19 guys I want to play this week. And I'm like, oh, maybe Sean Johnson or um, or, or or Cook, you know. And I, I went, oh, I know if I bench Cook, he's going to go ballistic because he's due. I've got a really good feeling about it. He hasn't scored big in ages. Like, it's coming. And SJ, he's playing the dogs. I can't possibly bench him. So, of course, I played SJ and chose to bench Cook. And I, I couldn't. It was hard to watch that Warriors game. I oh, tell you what, he was. Um, Johnson was killing it too. What fifty or sixty after what twenty minutes? And then <laughs> I was out with the boys and I messaged uh, some of the group and said, hey, "What happened with SJ? Said <laughs> whatever you did that to the team beyond." It's just a killer. It's one of the. That's one of the ones that's really stung as well because I don't think Cook was heavily played on the weekend. It's um it's hard, but I mean the other thing too, sticking to the strategy is, you can look at it as a bit of an opportunity, especially if you've got a couple of weeks where you're short, but you know you'll come good after that, or even if it's longer term, you can be really creative with it. You got to look at the positives. You've got a chance if you've got 17 players and no more, where you get a, a free swing at your AE every week. So you should be looking at that as a as a really big strategy that's a bonus on top of guys that do have a 20-man roster or do have an AE nightmare. And there's a lot of these teams. If you've only got 16 guys playing, it's going to suck for this week or next week. But you do get that free swing in AE at least as well. Uh, And that's something to consider. If you only have um, 17 players, but you can only fit 16 into your... um, into your side because, you know, maybe you're missing so many centre wings that you're just going to be short of centre wing. Cop the AE. Like, that's... It's not a bad option just to cop your one AE. If you know your AE is going to be 
you know, a, a forward that you haven't been playing much, like Tamalolo or something, and that's your AE, or or a Tamian Cook, who I heard him play last week. Yeah, you can just cop that AE and play with one centre short. It's something I looked at potentially doing last week with Campbell Graham, because you know you're going to be guaranteed a score. Um, so that's the other thing as well, Billy. I think that probably a lot of teams, especially newer teams that haven't played Supercoach that much, wouldn't be thinking about the AE as an opportunity, but certainly would be looking at. I've got to plug that hole that I and play a short, but if you've got a guy that you can't start that's on your bench, just copy his score. Yeah, I've been hanging for Spencer to finally get cut with TVG coming into the team so I can get an AE of Barnett or something rather, but he's back again. No TVG in sight, so another another solid 15 or 25 from Spence, but I'm not sure that's <laughs> high enough. <laughs> Might have to chuck a couple of trades in. Yeah, I'll, tell you how, I'll tell you how desperate it's gotten. I, I looked at the team list today, and I was upset that I gave up on Bloor like six weeks ago because <laughs> Bloor's been named to start. And I was like, oh, why did you do it, Barzi? You could really use him at the moment. I'm mad joy that probably the dog used to us too. Uh, it's, just, it's the way it goes sometimes. You've got to have a bit of luck involved. It's it's always the way. We spoke to Tim last week on the podcast who's coming first. He ended up uh, extending his lead this week, which was phenomenal. So he's in first by even more now. Um, and he was talking about a few moves that, that were... Oh, not, you know, calculated risk, but obviously it paid off. He ended up on the lucky side of those moves, and it really makes such a big difference, you know. Even just holding a guy like Bloor, you know, which teams would have done just, you know, not even knowing that they were doing it and just sitting there, and then he starts this week. He might end up scoring, you know, 70 average for the duration of the season now. It's, you can get lucky with some of that stuff. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But no, hindsight's great, mate. Plenty of people look at those draws and hold people like that all season. Yep, they do. So a few a few little points there, everyone, just to think about with your trades and everything. But certainly, I think the key points from me and Billy are keep your warm bodies, and warm bodies even mean people that might come back like round 24 even. Um, I know Toto is, they're saying up to six to eight weeks, but, you know, maybe the surgery isn't required. Um, it's exploratory surgery initially. Maybe he comes back in sort of four weeks or something, you know. Those things could happen. So if you've got guys that are that are dead weight that are going to get you who you're going to trade in anyway, those are the moves that you should be making. Uh, and the other thing too is that don't panic trade. Try and hold your trades as long as you can because I think everyone can see this week that you could end up in big strife in a couple of weeks' time if you've got zero trades. So if you can hold those trades, put off some of your plans and stuff, just, just make sure that you're doing that as much as you can. Billy, round review. Let's just get struck straight into the round. It's a big round 20 that we've got, and I tell you what, it was fate that put us together on tonight's podcast, because Thursday night football, roosters and eels, mate, me and you head-to-head again. You made fun me last week for not putting my eels jersey on versus the Raiders, <laughs> and we lost. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, look... I made, I made the bet with a bloke at work, two burger, burger and beer on Eels Victory, and you know, I was so excited when Moses was out. I thought, we've got this. And then, then someone said, Gutho's got a rib injury, and I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> this is going to be an expensive <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> but um, oh, different story this week. I know you guys have got a couple out, but it's amazing how much. A couple out, mate. We are gone. We've got, we're playing Adam Kieran in the centres. Yeah, that's probably better than Opacek. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> well, look, it's it's a week that's going to be very interesting for the Roosters because obviously they've got a huge amount of players out. They cannot catch a break. Uh, when we're talking about the purchase-sell side of this game, though, um, it's been a long time since we've looked at James Tedesco as a potential purchase. 
but a lot of teams were waiting on maybe a Pappy purchase that are now thinking maybe I can't do that. And James Tedesco on the weekend showed us exactly what he can do still. 146 points versus Newcastle. And he was absolutely phenomenal. He was in, involved in pretty much every try. Uh, and it's been forgotten that he's still averaging 83 points for this season so far. The Eels match up this week. Uh, I don't mind it. He's 644,000 with a 60 BE. So he's right for the picking at the moment if he did need a fullback. And after the Parramatta game, he does have Penrith. But like we've just seen, Penrith are decimated now. So they're not as strong as what they would have been, even though it's still going to be a tough game. And then the Roosters hit up the Broncos and Dragons in a phenomenal two-game week, round 22 to 23. And then have South and Canberra. So I haven't focused too much on Roosters as buyers because... The power of Penrith back-to-back and South in the second-last round meant that they, their run home didn't look as good. But if Tedesco has just scored 146 points with ease against Newcastle and in the form that he's in, and how some of these teams are now a little bit weaker like Penrith, I, I do think that he's a serious option if you're looking at a fullback this week, like I was looking at Ponga, and I even reconsidered buying Teddy back if I was going to do that. I like him this week quite a bit. Yeah, tough draw coming up, though. I mean, you've got the Eels and then some other teams, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course the Eels, mate. You, you can't no, buy for this Eels game. Uh, the home game that's in Queensland so it doesn't really mean much, but the thing with Teddy is I was watching him last week going, look, first half, pretty quiet. He's not really moving as quick. One one, one try assist, line break assist. Uh, he'll be all right. He'll be, he'll be on. He'll score maybe 80 points. You turn around, though, towards the end of the game and the, the, the fatigue factor just really opens up that last 15 minutes of a game where players can be on sort of 15 points and then the outside backs and the halves, they just explode. They go from 0 to, to 100 in sort of three seconds. So you're right. Um, mate, even if the Eels turn up and have a great game, he can still score 60. He only needs one try assist or one, one sort of try on top of his standard Teddy, what, 35, 40 base. And the Eels will leak points. I mean, if we can leak him versus Canberra, we'll leak him versus anyone. Um, 100% right with um, Panthers. I reckon they probably still even give Cleary another another week after that. Um, uh, you've, they are decimated um, by Panther standards, and they just don't look anywhere near the same the same caliber of a team with, with Cleary out. They just don't have direction. They were bad. They were bad yeah. last week. Like I think I think people should be taking their Panthers glasses off now and saying, "Hang on, like this isn't." The way they've played the last couple of weeks, this isn't the Panthers of the whole season. They're hurting a bit. And the other thing, too, is that Brian Toto is a huge loss. Like, that's going to put someone else in that wing now, um, which... Take 200 metres a game off them. Yeah, so that that's really going to hurt because that's going to put a heap of fatigue and a heap of pressure on some of these other guys. And guys like Staines can't take those sort of hit-ups and stuff. And when you get that sort of fatigue, you're going to get those outside backs making some mistakes. And Teddy, you know, thrives off that with those cutout balls that he throws. Because they've got, is it this as of this week, they've got Fisher-Harris out for two? Three weeks, yeah. Fisher-Harris gone for three. Three weeks. Um, and like Tavita probably sort of comes in the middle of next week and probably fills that void, doesn't he? But, but still. Um, and you've got Yoga on as well. Yeah, look, still, like, it's just not the same the same without um, a captain in there. Um, I do like that middle run, but like having the Broncos and Dragons lead to, to basically get you into a semi final or, or a final in your head to heads. Um, it's not like I would bench Teddy versus the the, dra- the, the Dragons, but oh, sorry, versus the um, versus Souths. 
But um, I'll tell you what, having having Raiders in the last game of the season, he, he can do 80 or 180 there too. So um, not a bad purchase. He just well, He's just an absolute luxury at the moment, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, and I will say with that Raiders game last, like it was only four games ago where he threw 105 on the Raiders as well, and he did that pretty easily too. And I will say with the game last week that you're mentioning when we're looking at him as a prime buy this week and what he just did, he's 146. I had Daniel Tupo as first try scorer. I had 50 bucks on that, and I was livid because that he threw a beautiful cutout ball to Toops that got called forward. He should have been on line break try assists in that first five minutes just off that too. So he, he would have been on more like 180. How many first try scorer bets did you have? <laughs> too many, mate. Too many. But I did I get Katoa. Had it. I almost had it. <laughs> well, he scored it. You he so bloody scored. Every week. It's ridiculous. Uh, I'm loving the Olympics. I'm getting a few off those. But we do, we do digress. Look, I think Teddy's a good buy if you yeah, need agree. one. Or if you've got the um, if you've got the trades, I'd be moving on him now against this Eels matchup. On the sit and start side of things, sit uh, Walker. I played Walker last week thinking that Newcastle matchup was good. I was hoping he's going to get the kicking back. But Same. Sam Walker, no kicking. Um, 38 points, Billy, which would have stung both of us. He's he's a sit candidate now. He's just going to be there for my depth, I think. Yeah, I would like to do that, but I've got Johnson there, so I have to play him. Um, one of those lug- one of those luxury situations, mate, where <laughs> it's just a warm body. Um, so I have to do it. So I kind of hope that he steps up. Um... <sighs> if he didn't have to. Would you be sitting him, like if you had 18 or 19? Oh, look, there's not many people I would bench him for. Like, I'd bench him for Cleary. Um, I'd, I had Cody Nicarima for one week, but got rid of him after 24 hours. Sean Johnson, I probably would have played him over, but there's not many sort of sevens around that you really want, want, want to bank on. So, look, he, he's probably, apart from Jerome Hughes, he's probably still the third best option in there. Yeah, that is true. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm talking from a perspective that I've got Jerome Hughes, so he's always going to be my reserve, one of my four reserves, Walker. So that's an easy bench for me this week, I think, if you've got another half in there ahead of him. Yeah. Look, I agree. Look, if you got one, if, if you got Jerome Hughes, I'd 100% be sort of benching him if possible this week. Worst case scenario, he may, maybe he's like one of one of your four um, reserves you get to chuck on. Um, if you're decimated, you have to play him. <laughs> it's better it's better to start Mitch Moses or you know Sean Johnson. Um, so he's obviously one of those sort of fifty fifty candidates. I think the biggest winner is that um, what do you call it? Those who've been kissed on the dick with with what's his name? You're right. You're right. Centre become fullback. Come come off the day. Right right <laughs> right. right winger, mate. Jesus Christ. But the bloke scores nothing at centre. Oh, let's put him at fullback. Oh, let's put him at fullback again. <laughs> let's put him at fullback again. Oh, injury. Let's put him on the wing where, where, <laughs> where basically the, the chook's right hand side and and the and the rabbit's left hand side, mate. All they need to do is just be on the park and they fall over for thirty pointers every half. Yeah. So we've got Joey Manu on the list. So let's talk about him. I will finish on Sam Walker by saying, if you look at the games where he wasn't goal kicking, he scored thirty eight. 29, 11, uh, and 21 in his four games, not goal-kicking throughout the year. So not very good reading. Obviously, obviously there's, uh, there's no big attacking stats in those games that have made him score very low, and he could get those attacking stats, not goal-kicking, and, and score better. But without that help in his base with the goal-kicking, it really, really hurts him. Joey Manu, you're right. Like I, I've seen a lot of people kind of... 
look at him and go, oh, no, he's on the wing. Like, that's no good. Whereas, you know, I actually think it's really good for him. So Joey Manu doesn't have much data at all on the wing. You know, he's filled in there before. Uh, he filled in there against Newcastle last week and scored 97 with a try. He's now scored a try three games in a row as well, going 97, 89, and 79 for a three-round average of 88. So if you own him, like I've always said, if you own Joe Manu, when he's playing centre, unless it's a prime matchup, and you know the Dogs in 17 and, and the Cowboys in round 18 were prime matchups, you, you bench him when he's a centre. It sounds strange to say that you're starting when he's a winger, but like you said, the Roosters go that side, and the wingers for the Roosters both score tries. So, you know, generally, you know, Toop actually gets less tries than the other winger. So, Manu's in a spot where he could easily get a double, uh, even against Para this week. And he doesn't get a lot of tries at centre, and that's a big deal with him. You know, you're relying on some decent base and base attack, but no tries a lot of the time when he's at centre. On the wing, he's going to lose some, some tackles, but I think that he's going to get some tackle breaks on some of those runs and hit-ups that he's going to get to do as a winger that they're going to rely on. And he's going to get some tries. I think Joey Manu is a special to score this week against Power. Oh, 100%, mate. I'd be back even first try scorer um, and last. Um, I think the blokes got four games listed at fullback this year for an average of 78 with with, with only three tries. You put a, you put that sort of bloke on the wing and get the same sort of hit-ups and tackle busts that he, that he does in that position. Um, yeah, look, he's tackle bust. 12 points, 14 points, 8 points, 10 points, 10 points. And the hit-ups, 35, 36, 37. You put him in that position, you're basically going to keep getting 50 off him with, with hit-ups and sort of cl- and, and base attack. No problem whatsoever. I'm even half-tempted at his price to kind of pick him up, but it's, it's just that the only thing I'm scared of is, you know, someone sort of coming back or coach sort of mixing things around and putting him back to centre. It's the only thing that, that concerns me with him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a harder sell to say pick-up, but there isn't very many center wings. And this is the other thing like that we should have probably mentioned in the strategy chat. There's a lot of center wings that are down and all of a sudden it's a bit of a graveyard where you've got like a no real standout purchases and a lump of about 10 that might be okay. And you just don't know. So someone like Manu actually isn't as hard to sell as a, as a purchase as what it would have been talking to people about it a month ago, I think. So not that far fetched, but certainly if you own Joey Manu, he has to start this week. Do start him. Uh, another guy that I am going to be starting that I'm kind of coming around on having to start for the run home is your boy, Junior Paulo. He tends to, at this point, Arthur likes to give guys a few extra minutes. And we saw on the weekend, um, Junior um, played 56 minutes. That's the most that he's played since round 11. If you look at his games where he's at 56 plus minute mark, his scores are actually really good. 56 plus minutes for Junior, he's gone 100, 84, 66, uh, 77, 62, and then he's 60 points on the weekend. Now, it's it seems to be that the... I know with some of the bigger guys, the less time they're on the park, the better their PPM is. But Junior Paulo, the more he's on the park, the better. And that sort of 56 to 58 minute plus range, that's his sweet spot. If you can get him at that, you know, he's he's already averaged about 75 points for that this year so far. So I really like him if that those minutes continue, and I kind of think they will at the moment. On the bench, they've got Bryce Cartwright and Will Smith. Uh, that that kind of bodes well for him to continue as well. So I, I don't mind playing him this week, and I do think that the Roosters are pretty decimated, so I wouldn't be holding off on starting any of your Eels guys. 
Oh, yeah, particularly in Madison, he's back to 80 minutes. Thanks, Matto. Um, <laughs> Champion Madison. <laughs> Never lost faith, mate. Actually, that's what cost me, didn't it? Thought you had him. Um, forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, we've spoken about Madison a lot the last couple of weeks, so we won't go into him, but yeah, no, start no, him, start no, him. No, we won't. Um, mate, if you've got Junior, you, you, you got to start him. Um, but if, if, if you're one of those people that has a, a luxury 17 and, and you don't need to, I put him in that money to power bucket. Um, you just, I just don't, even with the big sort of offloads and uh, the big plays, there's no real sort of line, line breaks or tries. You really got to hope he sort of gets one of those big long trunk offloads away close to the line and puts someone else over for a 20 point sort of um, a line break try assist. And I just can't see that sort of happening. Uh, as, I just don't see that being as likely versus the Roosters as anyone else in the comp. And I don't think his minutes are going to increase too much. He really needs to place to the 60 plus, and I just don't see him getting them, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable in having to play him. Um, obviously, you're not going to buy him, but if you're looking at sit and start. Um, you know, Takiyaho's on the bench. There's a lot of people that have a second prop rotation of Paulo and Takiyaho. Takiyaho's an easy bench and start Paulo. Uh, on the VCC side, uh, I really do think it's only a, a Teddy. I'm, I'm not... Gutho was a bit injured last week, um, and as good as he's going, I wouldn't be as comfortable going him. Uh, but I do think that if you own James Tedesco or you're buying him this week, he's a prime VC. I know that your Eels weren't as good before Billy, but... You know, James Tedesco's second best score is against the Parramatta Eels at 180 points. And I'm sure he won't do that this week, but he could throw up 140 again. Yeah, there's probably one, one more in this team you could go. Um, I'd actually be, if you own, if you own Joseph Manu, I'd be even inclined to have a sneaky on him. Um, Ikuvalu scored four tries in a game last year, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure Boris has done it. So those right wingers can chuck up 160, 172. Um, just needs to be the right game. I'm not sure the yields is the right one, but if you've only got, if you haven't got any other massive guns that you want to have a crack at, it's, there might be a pod play. Yeah, I, I don't. Um, I think that's a very situational one too, where I, I really like it in some teams. And I'm going to say, you know, James Tedesco's in every situation VC, but Joey Manu, if you're one of those teams that only has 16 or 17, and you got a, a free bite at the AE cherry. That's exactly the type of guy that you should really go for because Manu could throw up 105, 110, and you can just you can loop that. Like normally you might want 130 or whatever, but even at 100 you might just take it because you know that you're going to get the same players in your 17 anyway with that free stab. So that's a good one for those people, I think. Um, I'm not sure how we're going to go this week, Billy. Do you, are you confident you're going to get the win? Oh, I'm not confident. I know all. So. You got us on on the um, on the back foot now. Um, we're sort of sliding out of the out of the sort of top three, top four where we were. We need a win. We obviously don't want to have two. Um, we obviously want to have two bites at the cherry when it comes down to the finals time. So um, it's not the easiest of runs runs home either. So we'll be looking for a win. I think we'll put up a big fight, but uh, I tell you what, it's not going to be easy for us, mate. Top spot bet of the week for Roosters versus Eels. I'm going to actually highlight three anytime try scorers. For wingers, $1.66 for Sivo is very good. He should have scored a double last week, the bastard, but anyway. Uh, Daniel Tupo and Joe, Joe Manu, though. Talk about value on top sport. $1.94 for Tupo. $1.96 for Joey Manu on that potent side that Billy was mentioning. I would be very surprised if one of those two Roosters wingers don't score a try this week. So I really like those ones for value. Yeah, I've been um, every week. I always have a crack at the Roosters' right side wing after the first try score, and it's served me well. 
Tigers vs Warriors is the second game. I'm just going to go outright on the sit-start side of things and say if you own any Tigers, start all of them because the Warriors last week, I don't remember seeing a side that bad for some time. They were really going into tackles, not trying on a lot of them. And there was a couple where they gave up on the line and just let guys go through, didn't put their body on the line and stuff. And obviously they got absolutely trounced by the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I think they would have killed them a fair bit more. Um, you know, I, I think it would have really killed their morale. Uh, and the fact that Roger's now going home as well, uh, coming off a 60 to 22 flogging against South. I would be concerned about the Warriors this week. They've named guys like Hiku to go in the halves as well. Uh, some different combinations. Billy, I think that you should be starting any Tigers that you have this week. Yeah, I'm just penciling Jake Simpkin right now, mate. <laughs> Good stuff. Glad that you held on to him for this massive, <laughs> massive game. Uh, purchase, purchase sells though, as far as starting guys. Uh, Dewey and Nofo have been, uh, we've mentioned a million times on this podcast. I'm, I'm not going to go into the numbers massively. I am just, you know, we have the last couple of weeks. I'm just going to say that, uh, Dewey went up with a nice 80 point game last week with a line break try. And that's one of the good things about him. If he's not scoring, he tries setting one up. And if he's not doing either, he's getting three offloads and some forced dropouts. He does it all. So this week against the Warriors, I really like him, and I actually have him down as my VC option because he can go big. He can go 150-plus, and the way the Warriors were looking last week, that's possible. But I'm also going to highlight how good Nofo has been the last couple of weeks. Uh, he got 80 against the Broncos, which we noted last week, and got his double. Always a worry with Nofo this year that his other numbers aren't really there, though, if he's not scoring his tries. He scored 68 points on the weekend, and he didn't have any try involved in that, and he didn't have any line break. And he had a heap of tackle breaks and also some offloads, which is good to see, Billy. So Nofo is a cut-price replacement for um, a Brian Toto, if you've got to get rid of him, where you can get sort of two guys in for that price. He had five offloads last week, Nofo, and he had four tackle breaks. That's back to the Nofo of old. Obviously, we've got that great run of the Tigers coming up, and it starts this week with the Warriors. Love him this week as a purchase to start off that run to play the Warriors. Yeah, same, mate. Um... I'll, I'll just read out some of the numbers that I've mentioned to you before um, that I chucked mm-hmm. in that thread. Um, I, this is off the back of your commentary the other week. I disagreed with you sort of last week. To, but that was just off the back of um, the way he's been sort of playing lately. But I didn't realise that a lot of his middle run lately was against some extremely difficult opposition. So just some quick stats to support what Mark's saying because I totally agree here. So Nofo averaged 58 this season. It was 76 last season. So he's obviously 18 points behind. Um, he's actually averaged 65 this year in games where Dewey was actually 5'8", and 58 without him, but 5'8". He's averaged 68 versus teams outside the top six this year. That's regardless of where Dewey plays. And the teams he's got coming up, I think you just mentioned, is Dogs twice, Sharks, Cows, Warriors, and Panthers. So no one's going to play him versus the Panthers. But versus those other four teams we just mentioned last year, he had 116 and 134 versus the Dogs with three tries and two try assists. And versus those other two teams, uh, he scored 76 and 66 versus the Cows and Warriors this year already. So against all those teams that he's got um, for the rest of the year, he averaged 95, 96 off five games last year. So I think just the fact that Dewey's at 5'8", he's got two games versus the Bulldogs. And he's obviously still punching those tackle busts. Mere fact that he's got all those difficult uh, um, teams out of the way for now, I think he's absolutely right for the picking and 100% support what you're uh, what you're saying there. Yep, and only 430k. So like we said, it's an easy one from Brian Toto down, 
And he's only just out of pod territory now, I think, because a lot of people jumped on the last two weeks because he's cheap. He's still only 11% owned. So those are really good points to be getting into your side. So I love Dewey and Nofo. I'm, I'm so excited for this week. What do you think about the VC on Dewey? Obviously, he's got the 150s in him, and he's going to be goal-kicking this week. Prefer it versus dogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not sure how many he's going to score this week, but um, I'll I tell you what, the way he's been playing at the moment, mate, he's just making that left-right cut-out ball look easy. So I'd prefer Dewey than uh, Nofo as a VC, but um, I'll tell you what, I'm very close to doing it myself. Yeah, I may end up going him um, because then you can obviously go for a late C on a fullback, uh, and that's one of the benefits of going for a 5-8 with the VC early on. That's uh, what I thought last week with Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everyone thought last week with Turbo. Uh, I, I obviously have given away my hand here. I think that the Tigers are going to absolutely towel up the Warriors this week. I know that the Tigers are short on players and everything else, and it's the Tigers, but I tell you what, like they, they're still trying. Like Last week against Manly... Even though they got done, like I thought that they were trying still, and they still put up 24 points. I think it was like they're going to score their points, and they're going to keep coming. And I really like that about the Tigers. Uh, on top sport bet of the week, it's pretty good odds for the Tigers. You can get minus six at the moment for the West Tigers for a dollar ninety on top sport. I'm all over that one. Take them at minus six for a dollar ninety. You'll love it. And if you want to go even a bit further, no Faluma for any time try one dollar sixty six. Little bit low. But I tell you what, he's he's not guaranteed, but as close as guaranteed as you can get. Adam Dewey, two dollars eighty five. So if you think he's gonna run rampant against the, the Warriors, two eighty five is a pretty good price for him. Mate, l- let's get on because we've got a roll. Broncos Cows. This one is a, a little bit of a dud as far as super coach goes. I don't think there's a lot of purchases or sells that are involved in this one. Um but I do think that there is a, a pod that I've spoken about the last couple of weeks that all of a sudden has become the riper city's ever going to be. So if you're going to do Tomalolo and you haven't yet, it's going to be now. He's looked really a lot better the last few weeks. I benched him on the weekend because he was playing the Storm. He scored 41 points, so that's really disappointing. But against the Storm, you can kind of take that, I think. The good thing was that he played 60 minutes. So now the last two weeks in a row, he's gone 61 and 60 minutes. Uh, And the best thing about it is, aside from his three-round average of 67, He's now got the Broncos, Titans, and Tigers the next three weeks. Now, the Cowboys are a team, Billy, that I think you overlook because they're not very good. Uh, apologies to Cowboys fans, but you're not really up there. And they don't have a lot of super coach options at all. So I think they're one of the sides that a lot of people just sort of throw away to the side and don't even look at as options. But very quietly, just over these next three weeks, they have a really, really good run of games. So someone like Tom Alolo against the edges of the Broncos, the Titans, and the Tigers, who have very weak edges to give up super coach points. I really, really like him. You're obviously definitely starting him the next few weeks, but as far as purchases go, if you've got a Tohu Harris and you've already got the big guns, I said last week, Billy, I, I don't mind going for a Tom Malolo as a, uh, a bit of a pod play with the three-week run coming. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? You, you go back 12, 18 months and every man in his dog would be getting sort of pain house for fear and Tom and Tom Lolo right about now. Now I'm not really interested in Tom Lolo at all, <laughs> even with that run. <laughs> um, and just go on the Harsey route. Um, yeah, he's not the worst. He's got a good draw, mate. But I, I just think there's there's so many other sort of points on offer with a lot of the outside backs and the tiring forwards and all these suspensions. So that's the only reason I'm going to steer away from that because 
I think there's a lot more off with blokes like Nofo maybe scoring 150 versus Tomalolo maybe getting 80 or 90. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it would only be if you have to get a if you have to get a second rower, like if you need to buy one at the moment. Um, and there's going to be people, right? Because Cameron Murray's out. Luke Thompson might be in some of the second rows as well. Tohu Harris has been held by a lot of teams. You know, there's teams that are going to need a second rower. So, if you had to choose a priority order for sort of front row or second row feel at the moment, what, what do you reckon the tops of the three or four would be? Well, you know, if it's combined second row, front row, forward, I think it's got to be David Fafita's got to be in number one. Um, yep. And then I think it's it's going to be Angus Crichton. Um, and then it's probably going to be Payne Haas. But even though Payne Haas has gone really well the last couple of weeks, and he's primed to go really well against the Cows this week, yeah, he's basically averaged 90 the last couple of weeks. I still think he's got that attack in those couple of games that he's not going to keep getting, and I just don't think that he's going to get that as consistently as you know a Fafita and a Crichton. The only thing you need to take into account is that his minutes are back up a little bit. Mm. They, they dip, they dip somewhat, um, origin. If you go back to the beginning of the year, they were up around this sort of mark. So he's, um, he, he's, he's back to the sort of 65, 70 points a game. Easy just being on the park. Yeah, for sure. So he's going to get that higher base. I mean, look, I tell you what, I would have put Cam Murray ahead of him the way Cam Murray's been playing, but he's obviously suspended. So it's, it's a little bit of slim pickings, but I, I definitely think Payne Haas is in the, the top few, and I expect him to go well in this Cows game. I think he's he's potentially the top-scoring player in it, even. Yeah, Murray relies on the cook, though, and everyone's benching him there, aren't they? Well, yeah, that's that's a trendy thing <laughs> to do. I, I'm going to buck the trend this week. I'm going to start him so I can get a 46 out of Cook, but leave me alone. Let's talk about Big Balls pods. So this is a massive, massive Big Balls pod. I'm just going to put it out there. This isn't a huge recommendation, but... There is situations where a team is going to have two trades left, zero bank, and they're going to have to get one of those two people cheap because you don't want to get a guy that's just not going to play at all. You're going to need some depth. Uh, if you're going to get a gun and somebody that's sort of around the 300k mark, Murray Talagi for the Cowboys, he hasn't had the greatest of years, averaging 49 points a game, but he has shown some big upside in some of the games that the Cows have gone well. Um, he scored a 96 against the Warriors, but the big one was his best score of 145 points against the Knights, where he absolutely went rampant. Um, and he's scored at least two tries or more three times this year so far. And he's currently on a try-scoring drought. The last five weeks in a row, he hasn't scored a try. His biggest drought before was only two weeks. So against the Broncos, Titans, Tigers, you'd assume that the tries are coming. He's actually named to be in the centres this week, which is going to be really good for his base. And his base attack has been really, really good. He's getting about 16 points in his base attack at the moment per game. And that's mostly been on the wing, aside from his one game at centre last week against the Storm. 55 against the Storm last week with no try. Pretty decent. So he's not a he's not a great one by any stretch, Billy. But if you're on a very, very low budget to get a centre wing in to have a warm body, that three-week run and 0% ownership for Murray Talagi, I actually reckon that he's in there as, a, as an option in that sort of price range. He is. I'd probably still prefer to go the A route, um, but if it means you're getting a, a Spencer Lino instead, that probably offsets that. If it means you're getting like a Stefano forty-seven fifty, I'd go that route. But if if you got guys that are only going to be on on the field for sort of seven or eight minutes, you've definitely got to fill that four seven three quarter spot. And he's probably based off those off those set of stats, he'd be sort of up upper. Upper, upper echelon for desperate for desperate times, desperate measures type call. 
Yeah, it's definitely a desperation play, but I think you know that you're guaranteed um, a couple of tries the next few weeks with that matchup, the Broncos, Titans, and, and Tigers. I really like that. And, you know, if you're if you're holding someone or you've got someone there that might come back, you know, in sort of four weeks' time in your centre wing, um, you know, like Alex Johnson, for instance, is due back when that run ends, then that could actually work out perfect because when Alex Johnson comes back in four weeks, you bench Talagi, he's filled your spot for you. And you've gotten some good points for a few weeks, potentially. And it also 0% ownership. So if he's got that potential for a 145-point game, you know, he could do that again the next few weeks in one of those games, and you could hit on it. So it's a real big, big balls pod. But if you're looking at sort of 300k mark, uh, there's one to maybe consider. Billy, top sport better of the week for this one. I really don't like much of it at all, I've got to tell you. $1.78 for the Broncos, $2.06 for the Cowboys. I really don't know who is going to win this one. So I'm going to stick to my try scores. So to score a try, uh, Kyle Felt's always one that's that's generally going to get over for the Cows at $1.66, especially against, you know, the Broncos' opposition with the local derby. But Murray Talagi, $2.66. If you're looking at value, I think there's some value there for him. Yeah, bit of a speed demon. You know the ponies are going to leak a fair few, so you could chuck it any time on him. I'm probably I'd probably roll a, a, a three leg sort of multi in here on the try scoring thing and just hope um, hope we pick the right ones. Talagi testing you and probably Stags. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's it's one of those ones where it could be like a sixteen eighteen one like some of the Broncos Cowboys ones are and it probably won't be very pretty with the cattle these guys have, or it could just be like a, a try fest like thirty six thirty. I think the best bet here is probably Tyson Gamble getting in someone's face. <laughs> That's paying a dollar one. I don't know if you're going to get the value, mate. Um, Dragons Rabbits is the next game. This one, talk about a tale of two sides. The Dragons have just really fallen down fast from being in the top eight to getting smacked by the Titans last week. Whereas the Rabbits, I don't think Bennett would have been happy they allowed 22 points from the Warriors, but they put up 60 points very easily and all their guns fired. Obviously, Cookie went close to 150. Latrell had that beautiful pass. There's a lot of guys to like in this, but I'm going to highlight one that we haven't spoken about once all year in this game. Super, super pod. And I can't believe I'm saying it, Billy, but that is George Burgess. Um, I know he's been scoring some tries. I will put that out there. He scored a double on the weekend off Cook, 101 points. Uh, he also scored one two weeks ago for 65. But the two games in between that, he scored 62 and 56 points where he's actually been going along quite nicely. He's played up and down minutes, though, um, but his base and base attack has gotten him towards sort of that 50 mark pretty easily. He's got a 43 raw base for the year, but it's just this last month of footy where he's got a five-round average of 65 and a three-round average of 74. And all of a sudden, I really feel like the Rabbits' attack the last few weeks, playing the poorer teams, has changed. And that's why Cook scored well on the weekend, because they were looking at more in the middle of the ruck, playing a little bit more direct. Obviously a big pod. He's a front row at 450k. But I love guys like Paulo, who are in my side as one of my props that I've got to rotate through. Uh, There's teams that have like a Luke Thompson in their front row that might have to get a front row. I would almost say that I'd take a stab at Thomas Burgess playing the Dragons this week on the try-scoring run he's in, knowing he's going to play the Titans in two weeks as well, over, you know, getting a Paulo in or something if you're on on the lookout for a cheap pod. Let's just clarify you're talking about Tom Burgess. You were talking about Gorgeous George for the first half of that. (laughs) 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's that, that's Tommy Burgess, mate. They, they even their stats look the same. It's really hard. At least only one of them has played in the NRL yeah. now. Yeah, like, he just he just seems to have come out like um, like his bro- like his brother did. Um, what four or five years ago when he first came on the scene, he was he was a chiefy yep. bit strength. He just kept going over the line. Yeah, he, he looked really good lately. Uh, Cook Cook's gone looking for him. I don't think I could do it with any sort of confidence, particularly if you've only got two or three trades left. It's not one that he really built. I'd be willing to sort of gamble on. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, you don't think that he's going to keep scoring tries, but, you know, they play the Dragons twice and the Titans, and your your Parramatta side in round 21 leaking in the middle. It's it's not going to be buying George... Uh, I did it again. It's not going to be buying Tom Burgess over one of the, you know, halves or fullback options that you could get or one of the second... But... If you're a team that's only got one front row forward, like you're going to have to buy one, and you're going to have to buy a cheap one probably. And I'd rather, I do think he's in the conversation there. If you want to really go for a real potty sort of play, uh, you can take a bank that he's maybe going to continue on the run that he's been on the last month. Uh, I will say that the, the the games before that though, he was nowhere near as good, and he just wasn't playing as well, didn't look as good. So maybe he reverts back to that. It's not a great buy, but no one in front row forward, you know, 450 and sub is really a very good buy at the moment. So there's that too. Yeah, yeah. Jaya is probably the only real sort of out of shot here, but more of a draft if you are only a week to play him. But I think that's going to be no brainer. Any, 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 every man his dog will be going off the wave of, to get a 60-minute uh, 13 this week versus, that, versus the Dragons. Yeah, well, at worst, put in a waiver claim for Tom Burgess. I've got a fairly competitive draft league, and I've I've got a waiver in for him at the moment, so I'm hoping that I've got him. Uh, with this game, Billy, I'm actually going to bench Ben Hunt, I think, and he's my sit for this one. Uh, I don't want to play any Dragons in this. I would, too. Um, the fact that um, Adam Reynolds is apparently under injury cloud, I read somewhere today. Um, if, Cody, if Cody Walker's the only sort of dominant half at $1.07, mate, I would 100% be seeing him over Dewey. Yeah, that's a tough one because, um, look, I really like Cody and I've got him down as a VC option to consider. Uh, I do think that he goes well against the Dragons, but I like that Dewey's got that goal-kicking floor and I do have both of those guys at 5-8, so it's a bit of a tough decision. It's just a VC button, so the floor doesn't really matter. Like It's, it's, a, it's basically an all-or-nothing call. you got to remember it was just time of year that sort of Reynolds, sorry, not Reynolds, Walking away on his one game, one game tear, like the last game of the season. I think an absolutely depleted Dragons team with uh, Rabbits almost full strength, and particularly if, if Reynolds goes and, and Walker's sweeping both sides of the field and getting basically every every fifth fifth tackle option, I'll hundred percent be taking that. Yeah, I, I really like Cody Walker as an option this week. Um, I do agree with you that he's a great option. He's Got 84, 79, 130, 99, and 110. That's a five-round average of 100 and a three-round of 98. Like, it's it's becoming straight C territory at the moment. The other, the other, the other thing is, do we still reasonably low-owned? Um, so if we VC'd him and he got, you know, 100, and then Walker got, you know, 180, basically every man in dog apart from us is the one with that score. I'd probably much prefer to go the safer route and cover Cody just in case, because if Dewey still goes 150, then you still get it. Yep, top spot better the week for this one. There's quite a few good options. I am very happy that my boy Campbell Graham is back, so I can play him. Uh, but Campbell Graham and Cody Walker are both at the $2 plus mark. So as far as value goes, I, I quite like them. Um, but there is also South looming at minus 24.5 line at $1.90. 
I'm not I'm not that comfortable with that. I think that they could do the Dragons by like 30, 40 points even, Billy. But, you know, they, they could also be a bit complacent with Towson Shown. So I think I'm going to stick to the anytime tries and I'm going to back Walker in at $2. Yeah, I am going to go out on a limb here and go, look, the um, the Rabbits are going to be really, really low value here, apart from um, probably a Cody Walker or a Top Sport couple of bets. So I'm going to go, I reckon um, Campbell Graham comes back from the depths here and starts finishing off like he did last year. I'm going to back him for a double. Well, a double for Campbell Graham. And, you know, when he goes on these runs, he does start hitting some doubles, $5.30 for two tries for Campbell Graham. I, I quite like that call for a real big, Big balls, $5 plus bet. That's a good one. Um, moving right along, the next game that we've got is the Knights Raiders. Not nearly as exciting, but you know, I think that there is a few guys worth mentioning. The number one is Ponga. I mentioned him last week. I said that I was really keen on him this week for the start of his run. I love Ponga's run. I'm now going to not get him in for it because I've only got the two trades and I've got to be a bit prudent. He's got 168 BD, so at 580-odd thousand, he's going to be cheaper next week. I did look at this, though, before all the injuries, Billy, and say, you know what, this Raiders matchup, as much as the Raiders are playing better, I can see Ponga carving them up. And I'm looking back going, he scored 107 points against the Raiders in round nine. He could easily top that this week, and he could be a captaincy option. And then you got him for the golden run after that. So if you got the cash, you may as well just pay for it at 580k. Obviously, I'm going to hold back on it. But if if you had your trades, and at only 580k anyway, would you just pull the trigger this week? Because I, I seriously think that he's a, even a C option this week against the Raiders if you want to pod. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's it's just I know what he can do. And I know he looks dangerous, but I'm just, I'm just scared that he'll do exactly the same as what Sean Johnson did last week. You know, score 60 off 20 minutes and then go, see you later. I'm going to have a bit of a lie down now. <laughs> well, just some numbers um, to finish up on Caleb. 107, obviously, in round nine against Canberra, but fourth highest score ever is against the Raiders as well at 159 points. So he does fare pretty well in his Raiders games, Kalen, and they do need to start getting some wins at the Knights. They got touched up by the Roosters. I expect him to have a bit of a better one. Value buys for the center wing. You know, I mentioned a big balls one in Talagi. Another guy that's a bit more expensive, but he's certainly big balls based on his injury history, is going to be Bradman Best, who's now been named for this game. And running against these centers, Bradman Best could start to come good if he stays healthy. He's only 375,000, BE of 100. He'll get close to that, though. Uh, he did play against the, the Raiders in round nine as well and put up a big fat 30 points, though, in his 80 minutes. What to make of Bradman Best, Billy? He's supposedly healthy. He's named to start in the centres. Um, he's a value buy at 375,000, but obviously he's a big risk. With low trades, but knowing that he could start to go on a bit of a run now against this Raiders side if you needed a centre wing, do you risk it for someone like Best? Or, or do you go for someone else that might not be as good, but you know he's going to not have the injury problems? I'd avoid him now. I um, I thought he was the uh, buyer of the round, oh, round six or seven or something. Right, I went there, nothing happened. He just looks a shadow of his former self, and it, he obviously relies on on Ponga sweeping left and getting in that short ball. Um, and same comment I said before, mate. I don't know which sort of Ponga is going to turn up. So, I think he's more of a round one sort of cut price option for everyone next year than the purchase right now. But if you absolutely had to. Good draw. It's about it, I think. 
yeah, you can pray and hope. Um, and maybe if you've got sort of 375k or below and you're looking at the Talagis and stuff, you, you go for your best and hope for the best. Uh, pun's completely intended, obviously. Jordan Rapana, he's the last pot in this one that we're going to finish up on. I've mentioned him before, and I liked him as a bit of a pot option before, but I mentioned I didn't like the, the draw coming up. He's moved to fullback now, though. Uh, he plays a lot better at fullback when he gets a start there. He scored 97 points against Jerry Eels in a try. If he's at fullback, he's a really good purchase at sub-500. The problem is I'm seeing a lot of teams um, really going at him as a, the best centre-wing option at the moment. I think that he is an option, but their draw isn't necessarily the greatest. So the next two weeks is good. Newcastle Knights this week, I think Rapata goes very well. Um, St. George the following week will probably go well too. But then they've got the Storm and Manly Seagulls, two teams that are defending quite well, and you probably want to bench him for, but a lot of teams that are purchasing a centre wing right now, the upcoming draw, not just this week, but after that's going to be really important because you're probably going to find that most of those centre wing purchases are going to have to be played. I wouldn't want to be playing Jordan Rapano in round 22 and 23. They play the Roosters in 25 as well, the grand final of head-to-head weeks. Uh, it's a bit tough. I think half the Raiders' draw now is, is difficult, and the other half is okay with the Newcastle Knights this week and the Dragons and the Warriors. So Rapana at fullback, if he sticks there, it's all right. What do you think about that draw, though? Yeah, exactly the same thing that turned me off, mate. Uh, if you're desperate and you need someone cut price, I'd probably take him over um, Raven Best that we just talked about, purely because the stats like uh, what he's 25, 20, 26 points in tackle bust last week, 32 points in hit-ups. So basically he's giving you sort of 55 points with just sort of runs from fullback. But still, you still want a bloke to go over the line. You don't want to pay and sort of you know, 300, 400k for a bloke that's not going to give you any attack because otherwise you can just play any old bar more basically take an A. But I think value is probably his price, the tackle-busting ability, keep the fullback in the next couple of weeks. Would you... I mean, it's really... Rapana and Nofo are probably two of the best sub-500 guys. I'm going Nofo in that, though. No, yeah, yeah, I'm t- 100% take no- Nofo over him. But if you were desperate and you needed... I wouldn't say desperate. If you just needed a second, center three-quarter... Given the limited options out there, I'd probably have him right behind. Yep, fair enough. Uh, so when we're having a look at the top sort bet of the week on this one, once again, I don't know who he's going to win, so I'm not going near that. But Jordan Rapana has scored for two weeks in a row. Uh, he is playing fullback again. So to score a try any time for Rapana, he is actually $2.32. For a guy that scored two weeks in a row, he's named at fullback again in one of the few strike weapons that the... The Raiders have against a Newcastle side that gave up a heap of points against the Roosters. I think that's a pretty decent bet. Let's move along to the next one. Storm and Panthers, Billy. This was meant to be a huge grand final preview that was going to be awesome and everyone was going to circle it in their calendars and wait to get to this weekend to sit down and put some time aside to watch it. And all of a sudden, the Panthers are decimated. And it really doesn't look like the match that we were all hoping for, does it? Sorry, I just had you on mute. I was looking at the odds. Five bucks fifty for a grand final rematch doesn't exactly instill you with confidence, does it? <laughs> well, yeah, for the for the Panthers, if you if you're that keen, five fifty, you can throw your money away. But uh, yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? I'd be I'd be, <laughs> be inclined to just go on uh go on and have a crack at that storm for the Premiership and see if see if any bookies pay that out early as well. <laughs> Well, when we're looking at the sit and start on this, Billy, um, I'm I'm just going to bring up the elephant in the room, Pappenhausen. He's on the bench again. Nobody really knows what's going to happen. 
Paul Wilfred played him last week, got 10 points. There's a lot of other people that probably held him, ended up playing him for. And he just, off the bench last week, he didn't get the minutes. Um, he only ended up playing 33 minutes. Didn't look himself either. You'd expect them the minutes to go up this week, but, I mean, how much can they really go up if he's going to stay on that bench? Maybe he goes up to 45 or something. You just There's no way that you can play him. Unfortunately, some teams are going to be pushed into it. I wouldn't be playing him at all. He is the type of bloke that, you know, like Hines can score sort of 100 off sort of you know, 20 minutes, but it's not like, you know, the bloke that he's replacing is incompetent. So surely, surely Hines gets at least sort of, you know, 30 minutes and, and, and then gets rotated elsewhere. I can't see Hines coming off. He's still going to have a high quality bloke on the field taking some, taking some of the ball playing ability. So he's not going to be the only bloke sweeping. They're going to have, they might have, you know, Hines doing the um, the second phase play from from five eight. Oh, Stone Munster's on isn't he? Sorry, scratch that. Actually, that's a really good point. If um, Hines does end up sort of starting, surely he doesn't just go back to the bench. Do you reckon they rotate him to centre or to hooker for the cheese like they did last week or what? Because Harry Grant's the name as well. Yeah, it's really hard. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do because they've got. Obviously, Munster and Grant both back. So this is really the first week that we're going to see the Storm full strength. I think that Hines is going to go to the bench. Um, so that makes it makes it hard if you do have five centre wings, whether against the Panthers side, that are still going to try and defend hard, whether you play a Hines over your other four options. Because obviously he's been killing it, but he also could go to the bench after 40 minutes. Actually, the best way to answer this might be, when the Storm are full strength... Where did Hines normally come into play when he was coming off the bench for 15 minutes? So when it was before at full strength, Hines was starting on the bench and would basically come on for 10 or 15 minutes and just sort of play wherever for 10 minutes just to get him some game time. So you always kind of thought that that was going to be where they got to. And they are going to have to play... They are going to have to start Pappenhausen and playing bigger minutes. And the minutes are going to have to start coming because they're going to need to get that into him and get the confidence up before they hit the, the finals. And that's only six weeks away. So... I really think that Hines is going to die soon as an option. It just depends on whether it's this week and we get a late switch. And it is a game that is past the halfway point of the round, so it does make it quite difficult. What do you use to come on for 10, 15 minutes? Did he generally just stick around in the middle, like basically taking him like a feather cane spot and just taking a few tackles and just linger looking for a front row forward offload? Or Yeah, he's done that before. Um, he's also, like, Munster's had an early shower before. Hughes has had an early shower before, so there's there's those ones, and there's also obviously when Paps has been hurt, he's come on for him. So I, I think that it's more a rest, or if someone gets hurt, or maybe he just goes in the middle for ten minutes to get some small game time. Oh, well, I'll milk whatever is left of him, I suppose. Yeah, I, look, I think if an hour before kickoff he's still there, you, you basically got to start him. Um, I'd just be aware of. The downside of both Pap and uh, and and Hines incoming. Um, I own Kikau. I'm going to be benching him this week. Really, I don't see many weeks I can play him. I played him last week for a decent score of 77 against the Bronx, but yeah, there's, there's not many weeks that I can play Kikau. It's not going to be against the Storm. For the pods, though, um, I tell you, there's a lot of people that are, are reaching for centre wings now, obviously with all the injuries. And once again, our old mate that we always like to bring up and say don't buy, Josh Adokar, has come up. Um, and he's actually gone really well. So he, he probably deserves a look-in. He's 540000 so he's an easy replacement for like a Brian Toto. 
95 points last round, 82 the round before. Problem is, between those rounds, he ended up scoring five tries in his last two games. But that's the sort of guy he is. He's got a 178-point game this year already. He's got three tons so far this year. He does have a 14 to his name and a 23. I will say, though, Billy, he's going sub-30 a lot less this year than what he used to. Uh, Panthers is a tough matchup. Manly's a tough matchup. It does open up a little bit after that for the Storm, where they have the Raiders, the Titans, your Eels is a bit harder, and they finish on the Sharks. So they're another one with a bit of a hard draw, aren't they, where the Storm has sort of got half their games that are really good and half of them that are really tough. Uh, so someone like Ado Carr, traditionally you wouldn't really want to get him in, but with few options and the way his floor has been a lot better, Ado Carr maybe deserves the, the looking that he's gotten across all the groups at the moment. Storm with a much better team, but I tell you what, if Adokar played left wing for um, the Rabbits, I'd be much more inclined to game because you know they just go that way all the time. The thing with Storm is they're so good they go all over the park, so he could get a double, he could get a treble, he could get nothing. Um, and at this point in time of the season, I don't want to rely on a bloke that has very, very little base and needs two a game. It's just the fact that he's been getting them, so... I think the only reason we're having this conversation is because the form he's in, the team he's in, and the fact that, that everyone's basically decimated. But if everyone wasn't decimated, we wouldn't be having this conversation. So for that reason, I'm going to go no. Yeah, it's that's why people are searching for a replacement. I, I do think that for a lot less money, no Faluma is still a much better option. Um, some stats for Car to finish on. I know it's a different Panthers side, but round three he scored 40 points against them that included a try. Uh, the Panthers are his fourth worst max score team. His top score against the Penrith Panthers in his career is 63 points. There's only three teams that he scored worse against than them. Uh, and his average score versus the Panthers is only 48 points. So again, pretty low on the pecking order, below like 12 other teams on his averages. So not great reading, and there is some other better options, I think, but, you know, he could explode, so maybe, you know, people will get paid off and get a bit lucky on a couple of tries. Uh, Billy, CVC for this one. Normally, we'd be talking about Hines as a really good option. Very, very risky, but I guess you could just go the VC and just sort of hope for the best since he does have such big scoring. Uh, Hughes is another one that is a bit of a pod one that has been in really good touch, and he does look like he's getting close to one of those big 150 scores too. I was just about to say, I really, really like, I really, really like the way Hughes has been playing, but he doesn't have these massive scores in him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have the 140, 141 against the that Warriors was, in round was seven. An absolute career game, but that was try as you stuff, try as you stuff, try after try. That was an absolute belter. And he, and he just right. got there. Four. Four, four games ago, 123 versus the Tigers. At this point, oh, I'd take a 123 loop. This, this, this versus the Tigers, but that's not the Panthers' plans. <laughs> it is a harder one for the Panthers. It might be one where it's it's better to use your uh, VC in another game, I think we'd agree. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't think you can get big enough for a VC, mate. So, looking at the lines, like you already mentioned it, you have $5.50 for the Panthers. I, I don't like this game much at all. I'm actually going to steer clear, but... Um, yeah, I you tend to get the feeling that the storm could touch them up a little bit, and a minus eighteen at a dollar ninety might be the go. But I'm I'm going to steer clear on this one myself. Um, the Bulldogs versus Titans is the next one, and talking about steer clear, like no offense to to these teams, but now that Luke Thompson's out of the Bulldogs, 
they really have nobody to talk about. And as much as they've got a few guys like a Thompson and, and Kelly that can go well for the Titans, really, this is just all about Fafita. So I've got Fafita as a top buy for this week, probably out of anyone. Um, and I've also got him as a CVC option in this game. So let's just cut to the point. He got put to the bench last week. I was elated as a guy that was deciding whether I was going to bring him in or, or wait a week. I went, nah, I'm just going to wait a week on the trade and just hold it. He scored 134 points against the Dragons. Did it with ease with a try, two line breaks, try assists. What felt like a million tackle breaks, Billy. And he all of a sudden looks like he's right on form again. 680,000. Playing against a Bulldog's edge that you think that he's going to carve up and he's now starting again. Hopefully he doesn't get put to the bench at the last minute, but far out. He's such a good option if you don't own him this week. And I think a lot of teams have got enough cash just to be able to get him straight in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think if, if you actually own Cherry Evans as well as Sean Johnson, you might even be one of the very, very few people that can chuck a BC on him because you could slap a, uh, to see on SJ and still get a, not the A, you're still marking it as a reserve. The problem is you might have to have someone else that you can put out. Yeah, there's definitely some options. I mean, Burbo's not named for Manly too, so he could be a loop that you could have as well um, to possibly put in there, depending yeah, on true. what he's got in that last game. I Look, I, I, I think that there's going to be a lot of people going to see on the next game with Turbo. So throwing the C on Fafita could be pretty ballsy and reasonably podlike. And I really, really like it against this dog side. I'm pretty sure he's going to be running at Kyle Flanagan's side. And that could be quite good for, for owners of David Fafita. Yeah, I agree. Um, he's probably not paying much for any time try scorer there. I, the, only, the only other person I think is really worth a mention here is, um, well, for me, is um, I reckon Thompson. Um, uh, comes back into the mix. Yeah, actually, I wanted to get your take on this. I just got to say, the last couple of weeks, I've chatted about Thompson, but you haven't been on, so um, wanted to get your take on, on where you're at at Thompson now, because um, Tim last week was sort of thought he might have been an okay buy, but we sort of thought other guys were better. Yeah, I don't think he's a buy because um, I wanted to watch the first week and just just see how he sort of went. Um, coming coming back from injury, I think he had a line break early. He was on like you know sort of thirty points after sort of six minutes or something or other. But he, I think he stayed there and ended up finishing on thirty six. So got like six or sixteen points or something for the rest of the game, and that was kind of a bit of a turn off. Last week he didn't do much, but um, so I, w- I wouldn't be buying him now, particularly with Fafita going to the right hand side. Um, but I tell you what, if versus the Bulldogs. Um, and the fact that he hasn't done much lately, you could probably get a half-decent price for some sort of try-scoring um, market out there. Yeah, in fact, he's my, he's my top spot bet of the week. Corey Thompson's $1.66 for a try, which which is pretty good compared to some of the other markets, at like a $1.50 on its sports bet, but still a little bit low. But he hasn't scored since he's been back from injury, so he's well and truly due. Uh, I, I quite like that this week. I think that the Titans are going to get up and they're going to put on some points on the Dogs. Let's go on to the last game, Billy. Let's finish up this one strong. Manly and the Sharkies. There's two Manly players to talk about this. There is an absolute pod in DCE that went begging uh, earlier. I was chatting about him last week. I really liked him as a pod option if you wanted to get a halfback in. Uh, and obviously, you know, I didn't. I just said that I really liked him and he scored 172 points. Massive score against the Tigers. Um, actually had 41 in raw base too, which was his equal highest of the year. Uh, but 
obviously was in everything as far as the try scoring goes. Carved them up. The Sharks are going to get carved this week. They don't have SJ, and they look like they're going to leak a lot of points against Manly. He's 760,000 now, but it is one of those things, Billy, where through duels, like, you could sell a fullback. Like, people have Alex Johnston sitting at fullback at the moment in some team builds because they've thrown in there to sell someone else. You you could move, like, an Adam Dewey to fullback and shuffle your halves around and buy a Daily Cherry Evans. Against the Sharks this week, I think that he's going to absolutely kill it. I think he's a total C option outright the way he played last week. He's now got 172, 119, 85, and 148. That's his last four games. So very quietly, he's been better than Turbo pretty much with a three-round average of 125 and a five-round of 115. The caveat in buying him this week, Billy, you're going to love it this week, but then he plays the Storm... Para and the Raiders the next few, and the Raiders maybe aren't that tough, but the Storm and Para the next two weeks after, not that great for him. Yeah, mate, if he gets through this game here, he's got a, he's got a tough run home. I looked at that and started kicking myself for not getting him last week or getting SJ over him, but with this sort of draw, um, draw with a run home, I'm kind of not glad that I don't have him, but um, put, put, puts you in two minds about sort of playing the, 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 week, the couple of weeks after this anyway. So... If you own him, would you have the balls to go? I'm gonna, I'm gonna see him as a pod, pod C, knowing that obviously you're gonna miss out on a, a potential turbo C. Good question. I wouldn't be doing it over over turbo, no way. Yep. Yeah, I think this is this is a week where you probably do need to stick with the crowd because turbo could absolutely brain the sharks. Obviously, he's got a 208 point score there, but once again, need to point out he's now scored. Um, 70% of his games have been a ton. Um, and if you go for 95 plus, it's actually eight of his 10 games. So it, it's pretty crazy. Against the Sharkies, uh, I will say that traditionally he hasn't scored well against them. 59 point average in his career. 99 is his max score. So he's actually never turned up against the Sharks. And there is only two other teams that he's never turned up against. So interesting stats for the Sharks. But without SJ and the way they're looking, they also have guys like T. Wilton, out and a couple of others. Uh, I, I can't see Manly not putting 40 or 50 points on the Sharks this week. So I, I think the Turbo is easily the C of the round. Yeah, so, like, like last week, but more of averages. If a bloke plays extremely ordinary and scores 85 or 91, whatever he ended up jumping on, I wouldn't be too concerned about going with the crowd this week. I'm wondering, too, if um, people were disappointed enough last week that some of the turbo shine kind of came off and they'll go for some other options because there's some really good options this week. So, you know, even if it's just that two or three extra percent that jump off turbo, that would be really nice this week and that could happen. On the top spot bet of the week, Manly minus 17.5, I don't, I don't think that you could get on that enough. I, I really can't see the Sharks getting within 20 points of Manly. Sorry, I was sidetracked as to how many try scorers there were going to be. So, yeah, 17 and a half sounds luxurious, <laughs> but um, it's, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be betting against it. Oh, I reckon it's fantastic. And look, Dom Drojevic has been on a massive try scoring run. He's only at $1.56, but that's actually value considering how often he's scored. He has scored in every game bar one this year. So, there you go. Tom Drojevic, $1.58 value. That's the podcast, Billy. Thanks for jumping on again, mate. Hopefully your team works out this week with uh, zero centre wings almost. <laughs> Feels like the years have no, zero, no centre wings. 
But cheers, mate. We'll get you on again in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, buddy. Look forward to it, mate. Thanks for listening, everyone. Once again, for the Round 20 NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast, you can listen to us, download, stream, subscribe on iTunes for sure. Uh, also Spotify and SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC All-Stars. NRL underscore SC underscore All-Stars. Plus, if you are going to jump on Top Sport, open an account with our promo code SC All-Stars. They'll take good care of you. They'll know you're one of our listeners. Good luck with your trades this week. It is absolute mayhem, absolute carnage. Some of you are only going to have 15 or 16 runners. Look for the long game, guys. Plan ahead. Don't do everything for this week. Just cop a bad week if you need to. Good luck with it, though. It is tough for all of us, and I look forward to chatting to everyone about all the carnage and more next week. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get